I don't think I've ever, you know, 22 years of business ownership in Hospo, I don't think I've ever experienced the, um, the like the stress and the um, impact that those few days had on us and our business. It was it was unbelievable. This week on Dirty Linen, well, we just have to talk about what's going on in Melbourne. It wasn't the plan, but it seems like things just don't go to plan this year, uh, or for the last year anyway. Um, I'm going to chat to Lisa Slaughter. She is a hospitality pro in Melbourne, and she owns Rippedly Food and Wine and Mocha Joe's in Glen Waverley with, uh, with Christo Christofides, who's been on this podcast once before. Lisa, we talked to you during lockdown. Hello. Hi, how are you going? Thanks for having me, Danny. Uh, it's a pleasure to talk to you. And um, yeah, we certainly are talking at an interesting juncture, lockdown number three for Melbourne, not where any of us wanted to be. Um, and yeah, look, honestly, I have to say it came it came at me as a complete surprise. I did not think it was going to happen. Um, tell us how it's going for you. It's so funny you say that because I feel like that was the biggest challenge this time was just the last minute kind of scramble of it all and it was difficult like on Friday when we kind of found out we just sort of started to hear little rumours and things throughout the morning on Friday and to be honest I was a bit like surely not you know it doesn't seem like the numbers are that bad and um you know, like, like how, how could they sort of shut us down at such low numbers and what have you? So, but anyway, when it, when it all got announced, um, I went into a little bit of a shock myself. I was just thrown for a six and, you know, the most difficult thing, I guess, as a business owner is, you know, as, as the leader of a group of kind of 60 staff members, you have to manage everyone's anxiousness. And, you know, I felt really responsible for all of that. Meanwhile, I'm in, in my own head going, oh, my gosh, how are we going to deal with this again? So, yeah, it was very that, – that sort of shock of it all was really challenging, very mm. challenging, yeah. Yeah, it, I agree with you. I heard those rumours on Friday morning as well and I just thought, no, we've got it under mm. control, like this this can't be and I think, you know, as um, as we all know, this has been such – well, this was shaping up to be such a massive weekend for hospitality with Valentine's Day for a lot of restaurants mm-hmm. celebrating Lunar New Year. Um, you know, we had people at the tennis and Melbourne, you know, was really felt like it was at a pretty good place. Obviously still enormous challenges um, with, you know, still restrictions and, you know, uh, work limits in offices, really restricting a lot of, a lot of areas. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, how would you say things had been going up to this new lockdown? Well, we just, we had a little bit of a slow start to January. I think a lot of people took a while to come back from regional, you know, travel and what have you. Um, And I must admit, since school went back, so the last couple of weeks, I felt like things were just nicely back to, you know, a bit of normality with our consistency of numbers and things like that. But um, this weekend was, yeah, definitely going to be a ripper. The weather was perfect. Um... We had at Ripley, we only we, we close on Sunday, so we had the extra trade, the extra night of trade all fully booked out. Um, so I was excited to, you know, do some really good numbers this week there. Um, and 
yeah, it was just, you know, so disappointing. I literally walked into the restaurant about 1.30 just after the announcement and suppliers were, walk, you know, coming in with boxes of fresh seafood and fresh pasta deliveries and I'm just looking at this whole situation. All the staff are just looking to me going, okay, what do we do now? And I'm like, you know, all I wanted to do was just get in my car and drive to somewhere far from here so it was um yeah it was pretty difficult but yeah like it just seems to be you know one of those things now the reality of it is we just have to be ready for anything I guess and that's that's the bit that I find really exhausting because um you know it's it's I, I really took for granted the consistency of trade and consistency of you know, numbers and it, just consistency of life, really. You just sort of, you know, t- just took it all for granted. And now it's like this sort of chaos that comes in. It's like a little tornado and throws you into a spin and, and you know, you either shut your doors and kind of go into sleep mode and fall further behind or you hustle hard and the hustling part of it is exhausting. Mm. Um, so, you know, that that's the bit that, I I have struggled with this weekend particularly um and I'm you know I I sort of have like we get creative and we think outside the box and I've actually quite enjoyed some of the different ways of doing things over the last year but yeah this weekend was definitely you know pushed me into a different space of being challenged mentally definitely. I think you know people in Melbourne our reserves are pretty low exactly yeah yeah I think for myself you know I went away on holidays for two weeks in January and it was really only when I came back in the middle of the month that I actually started to feel really exhausted from the past year it was almost like it it was it was that turning off that just let everything settle in me and you sort of I sort of realized some of the impacts and just the last couple of weeks with the kids back at school and my husband going back to work a little bit it just as you said you know I was starting to feel like we were in normal rhythms and you could just about trust um things again uh and then this really this really pulls the rug out doesn't it yeah definitely it's um I don't know it was just yeah it and you know it's hard when you kind of are in a position of like I said before leadership and not just you know when you're the decision maker and you you're the one that has to take responsibility for the whole thing and just make decisions for you know these beautiful like group of staff that we've got working for us that I feel so responsible for and you know committed to and they're committed to you and they're just like looking up to you like um, you know, child, vulnerable children, and it's it's yeah, it's really challenging. You just got to kind of. I, I I worked a really long day on Friday, and I ended up. I, I don't normally work on the floor, but I ended up staying through Friday night because I just didn't want to leave them. We hadn't really kind of. We just sort of. I knew that I had to get them together, and you know, have a good kind of brief about it. But we it was so chaotic in the afternoon. We had so many phone calls and you know, DMs and emails and people just not knowing, you know, what to do and where to go and cancellations and people ringing up trying to get in Friday night. And, you know, it was just like the whole management side of it was really difficult. And then I just jumped on the food pass. We had the busiest um, shift on Friday night that I think we've had in a year. And, you know, 
that's saying something. Everyone just wanted to cut. We had so many walk-ins and we were just sort of trying to manage it. And, at, you know, I didn't want to leave because I knew at the end of the shift, my chef and my restaurant manager were just sort of, we were just literally walking past each other, not looking, not saying anything. not. And I just said, leave it for now. Let's get through the shift and we'll sit down later. And that's what we did. And, you know, I just said to them both, I feel so like I felt really bad for the situation that we're in because I knew that, you know, what had to happen over the weekend to change our, you know, there was no way I wanted to just shut and watch all this stock go to waste and what have you. So we, you know, we had to recreate and, um, yeah, that very quickly and that's what we did. So it's been a big couple of days. Can you talk me through that process? You know, you said when you heard the announcement on Friday and you were, you walked in and, you know, you had these competing urges, you know, one, to look after your staff and two, just to, you know, crawl into a ball and hide. What what happened next? Like how did you sort of flip into action mode? Well, um, to be honest, the first thing I did when we at Ripley, we've been lucky to have our um, – we started in the very first lockdown last year doing our – um, we we put a menu online of um, ready to finish off at home. So we we do these beautiful dinner boxes that you take home and everything's packaged, ready to finish off, sort of Provador style, I guess. Um, and we did that all year, and it was very successfully, mind you. And um, and we've we've still kept it live, but we haven't had, you know, we we get a random order every now and then. So we weren't equipped with it. So the first thing I thought of is because we re- we created a um, Valentine's Day menu that wasn't from our normal menu. So Chef had kind of all different stock coming in for that. So I quickly spoke to her and said, can we can we um, recreate this to a boxed up version? We changed a couple of things, like obviously the oysters and things like that. Um, and the first thing I did was send a message to every booking that we had on the books for Sunday Um a, just a personal text message just saying we'd love to still have the opportunity to, you know, prepare dinner for you. It'll be our, you know, boxed version kind of thing. And um, if, you, if you'd like to take us up on it, just let me know kind of your choice from the menu. And, and we had about 50%, I think, kind of, or maybe not quite, well, quite that, maybe 30% kind of take us up on that. Um, and then we, that was the first thing I did Friday. And I really kind of, didn't really do too much because we had to concentrate on service and, um, and, you know, just spoke to my girl that does our socials and said, just throw it out there that we've, you know, we've, we've got our online boxes and whatever for this weekend. So, and we, and at the end of the night, we put our Valentine's day box online as well. Um, but what the things that I didn't think about where we weren't, we didn't have enough packaging supplies and, you know, the, everything has to be boxed and we just weren't yeah we weren't prepared for any of that so um logistically it was a little bit of a nightmare trying to make it work but um you know we got there the the we had to sell out yesterday afternoon purely because we didn't have packaging enough packaging to um get us through but um my chef sent me a message this afternoon saying she was happy because the fridge was nearly empty so we that sold enough to, wow. yeah, we sold enough to kind of get rid of, well, and plus, you know, having the busy night, Friday night helped and, um, you know, we're a small business there. So it's not like we have mountains of, you know, I feel for these businesses that have sell out, you know, hundreds of people and 
you know, have event, special events and things like that. Um, so yeah, we, we did okay to kind of get through it. But now I'm, uh, now I'm like after this weekend, my takeaway is I need to prepare a bit of a checklist for next time so that, you know, cause there's, there's a lot of logistics and it's all, all in my head, but um, yeah, it'd be good to have something to sort of, okay, step one, step two, step three, you know, like just to follow so you don't have to think about it too much. Yeah, sure. I mean, I did wonder about the packaging because, you know, it's, it's you know, it's one thing to flip the food to take away, but of course you've got to have stuff to, to put it in and it's not just, you know, when you think about putting food on a plate, it's not necessarily the same in terms of the portioning that you put in a container. Looks, like there's yeah. so much to think about. We had to do instructions and, you know, like we we – we just like most of the packaging places are open Monday to Friday and this was all Friday afternoon. It was mm. just crazy. And we, you know, we've got, we do little take home cocktails and we didn't have labels ready to go. We didn't have enough bottles. And so we're constantly watching the sales online, making sure that we weren't going to oversell ourselves. But um, yeah, it was, you know, I'm sort of proud of how we managed it. Um, and Mocha Joe's is a completely different kind of scenario being a daytime cafe. Um, it's very busy and fast paced. We do high turnover there. Um, it, and to be honest, it's just sad watching the way that business goes when we have to close our doors. It's, it's, yeah, it's just, it's heartbreaking. Why is it different? What, what, what breaks your heart there? Oh, uh, cause I just think, you know, we can still sell, a beautiful dinner box for $150 and, you know, and um, you don't have to sell too many of them to kind of cover yourself. And whereas when you're selling $4 takeaway coffees and not much else, a muffin or a croissant, you know, like, or, you know, yeah, we do our, we've got our Uber Eats and our online, but not, I don't know. I don't think like, cause we're, uh, we have a big breakfast trade out there. So it's like, you're not going to really sell many scrambled eggs in a box, are you? I, I wouldn't love that. <laughs> That's a tricky, <laughs> you know I mean? yeah, yeah, it is a tricky one. So the turnover just goes from, you know, normal turnover to like literally nothing. Like on a on a normal weekend, you know, busy day, we could do $10,000 turnover and we'd be lucky to do $1,200 or $1,000 on a, on a, you know, weekend takeaway day. And it's just like it doesn't cover itself. It's just – but you just got to keep your, you know, we just need to got to keep our doors open and just keep trying to stay positive and keep engaging with our customers. And we don't want them to have the opportunity to go somewhere else to get a coffee. They might enjoy it more than ours and we lose them forever. You know, like you just got to kind of do whatever it takes out there. And that business has really copped it hard in the last year. It's been, um, yeah, it's been, that one's really been, difficult to watch well I think you know one of the things that happened at Mocha Joe's is that a case visited and and got a takeaway coffee so I remember seeing Mocha Joe's on one of the um, Department of Health lists of um, where a case had visited and message I messaged Christo and said oh shit sorry mate sorry to hear it and that was the first he'd heard about it um, so I believe that the 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 person who was subsequently tested positive to coronavirus had just come and got a takeaway coffee um and this is that outbreak around it was the black rock outbreak wasn't it It was around that 30th of december yeah Yeah. so tell me about that you know like the impact that that has on a business 
Oh, how long have you got, Danny? <laughs> how long have we got to chat about this? I'm like, oh, that was that was absolutely mind blowing. We literally, um, I don't think I've ever, you know, 22 years of business ownership in hospital. I don't think I've ever experienced the, um, the like the stress and the um, impact that those few days had on us and our business it was it was unbelievable we basically I mean the you know the most difficult thing was like you said not finding out through DHHS just finding out through the media really um so we were you know not on the front foot from the start and weren't able to manage any messaging because we didn't know what our situation was we didn't know you know we we weren't actually sure what had happened and what our exposure was and um so managing trying oh it was terrible trying to manage that with you know first of all your our group of staff all just like so unsettling for everybody um and then again the customers and being a high turnover venue like I said it's it's you know we had hundreds of people contacting us just asking you know I was here at this time and I you know do I need to do and we're like know what we don't even know what's what at the moment so the first kind of we we found out about six seven o'clock at night on the 30th of December and we spoke to DHS at lunchtime the next day for the first time and that was when we actually got the information that it was only a takeaway customer and that um you know we were asking them well, what do we have to do? And they said, well, not much. Just make sure you've cleaned your venue. No, your staff don't all have to get tested. And well, it's a bit late now because we had already decided to close and deep clean and allow all the staff to get tested. And um, and we closed for a couple of days. We were planning to close on New Year's Day anyway. Um, so we reopened on the 2nd of January. But the, it was, yeah, we were lucky to have probably 50 or 60 customers as opposed to 400 or 500. So um, it took, it hit us really hard for the the full two weeks that we were on the list for. Um, and I think it was difficult because we were named first and it was, you know, in previous, like uh, previous sort of waves of, um, you know, people being tested positive. I don't remember them really specifically honing in on venue names. Like I remember suburbs and, and, you know, the because the, the contact tracing wasn't kind of, you know, where it should have been. So my biggest issue with what we faced was I don't understand why DHHS wouldn't, wouldn't contact us for our contact tracing list and say, give me your, your list for, you know, the people that have registered in your business between these hours on that date. And then they contact all those people directly and say, this is what you need to do. But instead, it was just they put our name up on a list, didn't never ask for our contact tracing. And anyone that had been in our shop since the date that, you know, the um, positive person was, all just basically thought they were going to have coronavirus. <laughs> so it was just, you know, all these people were contacting us. Yeah, wow. That's just so hard. It was so hard and, you know, not to mention that all the staff that, you know, was were like just at home 
stressing for till they got their results for a day or two with and all their families were getting tested and anyone they'd beat and it was just like this whole you know oh it was it was insane but it it yeah it smashed our business to be honest but we tried our best with um you know just putting messages out there and we've got a good strong brand in the community so that obviously helps and it did take a little bit of time I guess you know psychologically people I was worried we were going to be branded as the COVID cafe forever but um you know eventually kind of it slowly built it's not back to where it was yet um but you know I don't I just think we had a couple of other cases be um listed in the or not cases but um businesses that these in this wave now in the local area that these these people have visited go up last week like a bank and somewhere else in Glen Waverley yeah and then that's been quieter those couple of days we noticed that there was no one in the street and stuff so you know being a heavily populated Chinese area as well I think they just get so nervous about it and people just sort of hibernate very quickly in that area um yeah so I don't I don't look to be honest I don't know the the future of that business and how it's going to look well you know in the next six to 12 months who knows with any business but beyond that it's yeah I I, I don't really know wow I mean Glen Waverley has been absolutely smashed because it it was really one of the first neighborhoods that emptied out you know this time last year or even earlier wasn't it so it was like it was really straight from the fires to to coronavirus for Glen Waverley Chinese New Year 2020 was a write-off exactly yeah the first Victorian positive case was yeah in Glen Waverley yeah Yeah. it really Mm -hmm. totally sucks um I mean from my point of view I feel like you know a, a hospitality business that has someone visit them like of of course it's not their fault and then the the restaurants and cafes that have got all their contact collection up to scratch I feel like they're the they're the COVID heroes really because it's it's through that data or you know as we're told you know it's that data that really helps to keep the community safe and I can only assume that maybe do you think it's because that person only came for takeaway that they felt like your contact collection wasn't really to the point but then if that's the case then why put it on on an alert list at all exactly we like in their words our risk level was negligible you know and I'm just like oh gosh like if 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 only we could we and the media could have helped control that message like you know these small businesses especially in hospitality is so vulnerable and to have your name kind of smashed around like that like you know it it was just devastating it really was it was I was just like I I literally after 24 hours of media management and you know everything else I jumped in the car and drove to Phillip Island to be with my family I was just like you know I'll, I'll handle whatever I can from the phone but I just had to get away from it all it was just insane so intense really intense wow Lisa I mean it's just You've carried, you've been carrying a lot, haven't you? Yeah, we have. We definitely have. And, you know, that's the difficult thing, just always trying to stay positive and, you know, um, just keep up the hustle. It's, it's, it is, it's very taxing and you just sort of, you know, even personally, like for, 
we do our best in business and, you know, I'm lucky I've got a superstar business partner and we support each other a lot. Like I, I said to him last week, I said thank you for something and he's like, why are you thanking me for? It's my business too. And I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, we, we like exactly why I need to thank you because could you imagine going through this shit show by yourself? <laughs> it was just like, you know, I just can't imagine, you know, having to, there are lots of people that do it, but yeah, it's not me or him, I don't think, but, you know, just personally what we've been through with, with him and I have lived off JobKeeper for the last 12 months. Literally, we've just buckled down on, you know, tried to leave every dollar in the business that we could to try and protect the financial stability of the businesses. And, you know, I've, I've sort of like, had little glimpses of light where I've been like, okay, the end of this month, we're going to start pulling some more money out and then something hits us. And I'm like, okay, we might wait till next month. And then, you know, like you said, how the last few weeks been that I was back in that space again. All right. Another, you know, and the businesses are healthy financially because we have protected them and we've really buckled down. And, you know, one thing I've learnt in the, well, not learnt, but, you know, the big positive, I guess, that's come out of this past 12 months of working the way we have has been we are so much more closely connected with our businesses because we've just gone into, like, super protective mode where, you know, you just – you don't you don't want to – you just don't – you want to have one foot out the door and one in the whole time. Like, whereas previously it's like, yeah, you know, when you've got that consistency that I was talking about earlier or that – kind of you know surety of trade and things like that it's like it just ticks away and you get your same yeah you just sort of don't really think too much about it but you know being connected more to the business comes with a lot of positives and you know more connected to our team and um, just you know knowing more about our business learning more about it and we we've you know I, I spend a lot of my time managing our you know, finances and just even our costs and or every single cost line on our P&L, I have scrutinised in the last 12 months. And, you know, I've never done that. So it, it'll, it'll be a healthier business moving forward. But, you know, when is that and how does that look? That's the difficult bit that kind of sits in my mind. And I'm like, oh, God, you know, it's, it's the unknown. And, you know, the unknown for us personally financially and stuff like that that's the bit that's yeah challenging you know you can only you can only go day by day for so long right you kind of want a little bit of security and to feel a little bit settled at some point well especially when you've got people who are relying on you and I mean the reason the reason that I reached out to have this chat to you Lisa is that I saw the photo of your staff on the Rip and Lay Food and Wine Instagram and I mean, it was your photo was, you know, it was it was thanking the staff for, for being there and being awesome. But it was it's a really beautiful team shot and you can see that there's a really beautiful connection there. But you can also see the way that they look towards you and to Christo for that leadership. And as much as that makes, um, I'm sure that it feels great to be looked after by that team in the restaurant, it also is it's a lot for you guys to to take on, especially through such enormous challenges, isn't it? It's so true. We had um, we had a customer and a a friend, like a personal friend, um, 
a couple of well when we got hit in on during the uh, you know exposure site period at the end of the year new just first week of Jan he called up the restaurant and spoke to the staff and said that he wanted to donate a thousand dollars towards our staff a pay it forward use it however they like and it was just the most beautiful gesture we were just blown away and so our manager you know what 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 should we do with it and I'm like well it's yours I guess that's up to you and he said well I know we weren't planning on having a Christmas party this year but I think it'd be really nice to get all the team together and you know we can go to a park if it's going to be better you know easier and cheaper and and I spoke to Christo and I'm like this we actually I think it'll be a really good idea to do that this year because they've all worked so hard and have just you know head down bum up kind of thing and it'll be nice to get them all together and the two restaurants we don't get together very often either so we agreed to match it so we put another thousand dollars so we had two thousand dollars and um we had it last monday last sunday last sunday it was and so this is probably the first year where we really hadn't planned anything um and just because we've just haven't had a chance really we've just been you know copying one thing after the other and so we went Sunday night and the whole team from both shops came and it was, you know, honestly, the probably the most beautiful function or get together that I've experienced in all my time as, you know, business owner of, of Mocha Joe's, which is 20 years. And um, the, the camaraderie and the connection in the room, it was just beautiful. And I was like, this is all a result of, what we have been through and both our managers spoke and spoke so beautifully about Christo and myself and, you know, they gave out little awards to all their team and it was just amazing. So it was funny you said that about that shot because that was that night. The wow. Recently, that, that was that night that we took it. And, you know, I was just looking around the room and I was like people were just smiling and happy and laughing you know, at like hugging each other. I've, I took so many photos of and I've got photos of like, probably 30 photos of, you know, them all just like hugging and it was just so, so good. And, you know, just it makes you think that that sort of stuff is, you know, it's very rewarding because you just think, you know, wow, this is this, you know, we, we've been a really nice, beautiful outlet for a lot of them in the last 12 months too. And, you know, I, I work closer with the team at Ripley and Christo spends more time at Mocker Joe's, but, you know, even coming into Ripley during hardcore lockdowns and being able to put together the dinner boxes, the team are just like, if they didn't have that, their lives would have been very, very different through that kind of period. So, you know, they were, everyone was working with a smile on their face because it was their one chance to get out of their house. And, you know, they were, they felt very, very lucky to have a job like that. So, you know, yeah, it was really, it was really nice. And, you know, I'm so glad we did it because they, they do deserve to be rewarded. And, you know, I've taken for granted up until now how much I really need to value and appreciate our team. I, I have literally taken it for granted and I can't believe that it's taken me this long, you know, as a business owner to realize that it's interesting. Wow. I'm so glad that you did that party last same, weekend. Same. Yeah. Oh my god, it's such a I'm crying as you're talking about it. Like it's so moving and Yeah, it was really know, good. 
what a fortuitous thing and what a mm-hmm. great customer to um, kick that off with know, um, with their I donation. Know. That's really amazing. It's beautiful. Um, wow, Lisa, look, I feel like you've, you've obviously learnt a lot through this process, but I feel like surely the learning time is done and we can just <laughs> get back to a bit of living. Oh, my and, God. Um, yeah, I just like, yeah, hats off to you and um, well done on, yeah, just putting energy into yet another lockdown. I know that we are united in hoping that it's over within the five days and that you're back to trade ASAP, welcoming customers into your great businesses. But yeah, thank you so much for coming along to have a chat today. Pleasure. Thanks, Danny. It was really good to chat. This is Dirty Linen and I'm Danny Vallant. We air the issues that the hospitality industry finds hard to talk about. We spend a week thrashing around each issue hearing from different people with unique perspectives. We want to hear from you as well. If you have something that needs to be said about a topic, get in touch so we can include your perspective. Contact us at dirtylinen at deepintheweeds.com.au or hit us up on Insta at Dirty Linen Podcast. We can't wait to hear from you.